All right, welcome back to the Mindful Hunter Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jay Nickel, and we got the crew back. So we are leaving for a hunt in, like, fuck, man, less than 48 hours. Is it? Yeah. Sounds about right. Like, significantly less than 48 hours. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like 43 hours. So in an effort to keep my week as simple as possible, this was essentially the easiest podcast I could think of doing the week before. (laughs) I left that required zero prep. So we threw up a Q&A on Instagram and we're basically gonna we we talked pretty exclusively about gear on the last one. So we just thought it'd be cool to kind of talk about a hunt a couple of days before we leave for a hunt. So that's the that's the general idea. Maybe we'll do a little check-in. How's everybody doing? Are we packed? Are we stressed? Are we what's up? I got Go ahead, all over my floor right now. Yeah. So we're Matt, and that's where I'm at. All right. Spence, how's the uh, how's the collarbone? Oh yeah, uh, shoulders all right. She's a little, it's a little loose, but you know what else is new? <laughs> right on. Yeah, I'm kind of same boat. There's gear all over the place. I've packed about five, six different times, trying to figure out the best. Uh, you know playing Jenga a little bit, but, uh, no, really excited here. It's, I can't believe it's two days away or under two days away. And so. big news for you. You have s- severely upgraded your pack since the last podcast. I got actually got a couple messages about your pack that you were going <laughs> to take. from people. <laughs> yeah, I know. It seemed pretty clear that I needed to kind of upgrade that. So yeah, I got the Kafaru, the Muskeg, um, some accessories and actually, and then, uh, Jay, you got me, uh, helped me out the, the frame there, the tactical yep. frame. So, uh, yeah, no, I'm actually, it's a lot comfier and there's way more room and it's just a much better setup all, all the way around. So exciting. Awesome. That's badass. Um, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. The only difference with gear is I now have like, a the garage isn't big. It's like, I don't know maybe 20 feet long by like 10 or 12 feet wide. It's like an old school single car garage, but the whole thing is a gear room. So I'm actually going to do a video of it on the channel. Cause I, I took a lot of time to like think about the storage and bought like those badass like hardcore metal shelves from home Depot with like the, the great covering and uh, the big thick metal. And I got three of those that are, like three and a half feet long each. And then I got like a six foot workbench, one of those Husky workbenches and like a rolling tool chest and like the whole thing. Like, it's like, given the circumstances I have at this house, it's like my dream gear shop. I can work on my bow. I can work on my rifle and all my gear is now like, I can see it all. I've got it all organized and like clear tubs and labeled and like, one thing for sleeping bags, one thing for shelters. So even though I'm not packed, hang on, I gotta hold these bugs. Even though I'm not packed, I'm I'm not super overwhelmed because I know I really just need a couple hours in that room and, and I should be relatively good to go. Right on. Oh yeah, I found out uh I was packing my bag today, just getting all my checking my ammo. I thought I had a box and a half left of my 280 Ackley shells. Turns out I only have half a box left. So what? That's great. 
Yeah. I guess that narrows it down the whole bullet conversation we had. <laughs> yeah, I got I got 10 with my name on it. So, you know, there we go. 10 is the round number. I found a box. I'm the other way. I thought I had a box and a half and I actually have two and a half boxes. Yeah. So called is around it, to see if anyone had any in stock. Nothing. 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 Even and Omer's in the bush, isn't he? But it, yeah. if they had any, you'd know, I'm sure. We'd be, we'd be going through there too late on Friday anyways to stop in. But yeah. So got to make 10 last. All right. <laughs> well, you know what? I'll definitely bring, I'll definitely bring a full box then. Um, Cause worse comes to worse. We'd still have the second rifle with some more. Bullets. Yeah, so exactly. I'll definitely bring a full box. Even if I end up leaving 10 rounds at the strip, they'll still be there. Um, and we can go get them if we're lugging back animals and stuff like that. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. How's everybody doing? I, and I know your shoulder, a question I get asked a lot and somebody just asked me on a Q and a the other day, but I was doing a hike and somebody wanted to know like what I do for training, like the week leading up, obviously your shoulders a bit fucked, but like in an ideal circumstance, do you guys change anything up the last week or is it just a function of if I've got time to do something, I do it. If I don't, I don't. Yeah, I was I was probably I wasn't really planning on doing anything the week leading up. Was, yeah. Just chill, recover. Just yeah, just kinda gonna be moving a lot in the next two weeks. So try and get everything sorted out. Probably won't have enough time anyways to get it's out. kind of funny because I used to try and train like right up until the last day, and then I started thinking about I'm like, this is stupid. And so then I started leaving myself at least three or four days. And then I realized it kind of works out, man. Cause especially with these long trips, I'm so busy trying to get everything done. It's kind of nice to just not worry about the gym or hike in that last week. And I get like an extra two hours a day and, and I'm not quite as like burnt out. So I've got a bit more energy. Yeah. Yeah. I did. That. Yeah. I, I did my last pack yesterday. Yeah. Uh, like, uh, and then I just, I ran today, but now I'm getting to that point where I'm like, uh, I don't really want to, you know, risk, uh, tripping or, you know, right? something. Unordinary. I started thinking I, about that too, man. Like I'd take yeah. the odd little spill on the ankle and I'd be like, not today, my friend, <laughs> Yeah, not so today. Kinda, yeah. So I'm not, uh, I mean, running's not too bad, but with the pack, you know, you just, you step the wrong way and yeah. you're, you know, and I feel like it's so. one of those things. Once it gets in your head, that's when it's going to happen. Cause you're like thinking about it. Yeah, exactly. So just trying to avoid that at all costs at this point because we're a little little too late to pull the plug now, right? So just yeah. kind of gotta, you know, not risk it. All right, let's. Uh, I'll, we'll start off with uh, your buddy uh, has one. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna for the audience. I'm gonna jump into the to the Instagram Q and A. So I'll let you guess who wrote this one, Tristan. Who's cuddling Tristan? We all know Italians can't sleep alone. <laughs> yeah, my fellow uh, Portuguese friend there, yeah, uh, Jeff Agostino. That Thanks, is buddy. correct. And f- so for the listeners, it will be Spencer who is cuddling Tristan. Because yeah. have you decided who the big spoon is yet? Uh, well, you know, we'll probably switch. You know, you can't, can't yeah. let your butt fall asleep. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> switch sides. <laughs> Keep it fresh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 12 days, buddy. Long nights. <laughs> Long nights, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
So this is this is kind of like a meandering question, and I'm going to pick the element um, that I like out of it. So tactics slash plans. And I think this is a good segue to the kind of conversation we've been having regarding burning boot leather and stuff. So I'm going to turn this one over to you, Tristan. What like once we get dropped off, what would you say like the general plan of attack is? Obviously, things change given circumstances, but what's the plan we're going in with? I mean, depending on what time we get dropped off on what day regarding like weather and stuff, you know, try and get to as far as we can whenever we get dropped off and however far we make it, we, you know, find a nice little base camp and get her all set up and then, you know, start looking around, start poking around, see what we see and try and locate some sheep and see where they are. Would you say that we're trying to glass more and move less for the first little bit at the least? Yeah. You know, you gotta, you gotta find out where they are. You know, we're going to a new area. Um, we don't know, um, what their habits are, where they're going to, where they're going to pop up, where they're going to go, where they bed. So, you know, we got to spend a little bit of time, uh, poking around, checking it out. And, you know, for a few days, it'll probably be a little boring, but once we get everything sorted out and maybe find some sheep, habit them a little bit, we can, you know, start burning some boot leather and get after them. Yeah. I think I'm just trying to think. So tactics, plans that you're using in this hunt. This is going to be interesting too, because I wonder if we will, I've never glassed with, I've glassed with one other guy before, but I've never glassed with two other dudes. And I wonder if we're going to feel like it's super efficient to all stick together and we can like stick in one area and then like cross stuff off the map and we'll feel good about it. Cause like three sets of eyes have been looking on it. Or I wonder if we're going to feel that's kind of overkill and do like mini, like I'll go one Ridge over or, you know, do like stay in the same general area, but break up a little bit to feel like we're going to cover more ground. I don't know what the answer is. I'm sure we got, we got 12 days out there. So I'm sure we'll probably do a mixed bag of tactics on, on that end. Right. Yeah. But, the area we're in is, is a special place that, you know, it's, there's not a lot of big valleys and drainages to look down. It's kind of, you know, once you're up there, you can kind of see the whole range and right. Get yourself at the highest point possible and just rip it up. Right. I think the other thing we have in our benefit is the fact that we have so much nice glass coming with us. Cause I think other people that I've seen like partner hunt and team hunt to shave space, they would only take like one spotter for the group and stuff like that. And we've been pretty liberal with the glass that we're taking. So at least we can kind of do whatever we want. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. This got asked a few times. Um, Who's Bella, by the way? Uh, My sister. Well, there you go. That's who asked this. Uh, how much do each of your bags weigh? And a few people asked this. So do you guys have final numbers yet? I'm at 74 with my rifle and three liters of water. Everything in. That's Everything. light. So that's like 65 pounds without the water. It, yeah, it's a little less than 65 without the water. I didn't have my battery bank in there at the time because I'm charging it. So that's... Okay. 
I'm, it could be a little less than 74, a little by half a pound. Yeah. 20,000 milliamp hours, something like that. So half a pound and eight pounds of water. Yeah. And I'm roughly sitting around the same, like 65 with the water and stuff. And then, so I'm probably going to be around 73, 74 as well. So not, not bad, not terrible. I'm probably a solid 10 pounds more than each of It's okay. You're a solid 100 pounds more than <laughs> Yeah, I, I haven't weighed anything yet, but my calculations have the pack with no water at like 72, 73 pounds. Yeah, that was, I'm going ultralight too. I don't have any like, not a lot of comfort items. Like I usually bring my um helinox chair or whatever yeah. like a chair but i'm not bringing that it's just shaved it right down yeah i think i have i think what's really killing me is the batteries and the and the camera gear i think i probably have 10 pounds well, yeah that would be 10 maybe 10 and i'm bringing two nice lenses i'm bringing my 24 to 70 and i'm bringing my 14 that's probably three pounds just between those two lenses I got two Sony batteries, six GoPro batteries, two GoPros, Sony Alpha, a, a tripod for the GoPros. Yeah, we'll see. I'll, it'll be interesting to see once I once I weigh it all out. But I'm thinking, yeah, if we're gonna if we're gonna if, if we're gonna use three liters of water as kind of like our base number, then I think I'll probably be 82. 83 pounds when it's all said and done it's not too bad with all that no. camera gear and i mean your spotter is like five and a half pounds so i was 90 for the goat with water oh yeah bro <laughs> in like seven <laughs> feet of snow no bueno no no whatever <laughs> got her done i did uh, oh i'm gonna get uh, i'll bring that up later on okay here's the one that like everyone in their and brother wants the answer how do we decide shooting order well uh, i think we discussed this a few times but i mean i think it'll probably be just what we see and how we're feeling that day essentially right like i think we're a little more specific like here's my understanding of 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 what we've come to tristan's gone for a few years in a row tristan wants a smoker of a ram you're not going to be satisfied with like a a barely legal ram. Is that correct? No, I, I've passed some eights. Yeah. So, and this is my first year hunting. I don't, I'm not going to be killing a dink, but like be very clear. If it is a clearly legal ram, I am pulling the trigger. Um, and I'm taking Clay Lancasters. He said, Your first ram, you can kill a legal ram. After that, you do it again. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> but, but your first, he's like, anybody who's going after their first one, he's like, I encourage them, like, have fun, get your first ram. But after that, then you really got to tighten up the old qualifications on, on what you're going to actually punch a tag on. Everyone gets a mulligan. Yeah. And it is, <laughs> yeah. it like, listen, it is my first one. And I know several people who are like five, six, seven years and around three or four years, it changed for them. It's like, fuck it, man. If it's been this many years, what's it matter if it's a couple more? I'm not shooting anything unless it's an absolute corker of a ram. So with all that being said, if we see 
like a like a super mature ram, Tristan gets first dibs. If Tristan doesn't doesn't want it, like it's not big enough for him, then then it goes to me. If it's legal, I'm shooting it. But if for some reason I'm not into it, I can't imagine what that reason would be. <laughs> then Spencer's going to go. And the thing is, we almost did this based on a meritocracy. Like, yeah, Tristan has put that. the most time in. And we, even though we haven't known each other for that long, I think that's something that you should respect. So I'm okay. Also, where we're going and how we got to go there is more on Tristan, certainly than me. So I also feel like I owe a little bit of respect to that as well. So that's the interesting thing because I hear a lot of people just doing like random every other day or drawing straws. And I don't think people, I think almost, they almost get a little bit too competitive and it's like, I'm going to, I will legitimately be, if we get just one crazy old Ram and Tristan's the guy who pulls the trigger, I will come home feeling just as sat, maybe not just as satisfied as if I have shot it, but I will count this trip as a win because the three of us went out there, the three of us found a sheep and the three of us were able to put it down and bring it home. Um, and I think if more people were able to be a little less like competitive about it and worry so much about if they're the one that puts it down, I think you'd see more people approach it like this. I think most people would have expected us to do some kind of lottery system or Draw straws every day or whatever. Yeah. Or yeah. Some sort of system for sure. Or, yeah. Or whoever spots it. Like if I, I see yeah. people do that quite a bit. If you spot it, it's yours. And I don't know, that's just, I was thinking about all those things and it just like, it introduced like a, a layer of stress and competition that I'm not really interested in bringing out there. Yeah, no, for sure. And and like, and even before we like being in the year when Tristan and I started talking about doing this, I told him straight up, I was like, look, I'll come and just pack meat for you. Like, I just want to come on a trip, get the experience. And, and I mean, I haven't done a whole ton, like, you know, compared to you two, I've done a lot less hunting. So for me, this trip was more about getting the experience and just, you know, getting out really right. Cause it's been quite the year. So, um, yeah, like, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Tristan sees a, a big, you know, a big one, he's going to, he's going to put it down. If not, then that goes to you. And yeah, by some miracle, you don't want something, then I'll shoot it. But I'm kind of going on this trip, not even expecting to shoot something. It's more just about, you know, helping other people out and, and getting that ex experience in the bush. Right. So, um, I'm super content with how we figure this out. It definitely puts the stress levels down, I think on everyone. And it's more just about, you know, everyone's it's more of a team effort that way too. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think too, it's interesting that we're all going with different, um, we're all coming at it from a different angle. Cause the other element for me is making the film. Um, and if I can make a sheep film that has us killing like a big old giant ram, like that's a big deal for me. Like I'm trying to grow mindful hunter that'll put a lot of eyeballs on the channel. So I was even thinking about that. I'm like, it's still a, even a personal win because I'll be able to cut that film. I think it, just the opportunity to make a film like this in this type of country going with you guys, like even outside of actually taking a sheep, that's still a big win as far as I'm concerned. No, that's true. But I mean, at the same time too, like it, it wouldn't, I wouldn't really feel right if, if the three of us were going and like, I was going to shoot one before you did, you know what I mean? Cause like this, right. this too, it's like, we don't all get a lot of time off work, you know? And, and it's, you know, it does cost a lot of money to do what we're doing. And, and, yeah. and so I think, you know, 
it's it's I like the system we have. I think it's the best scenario for all of us, really. Yeah, I agree. I also think there's a, you know, I think we might get a couple Rams. Like, I don't want to be overly, I, I fuck that. I'm always overly optimistic <laughs> until I'm forced to confront the fact that I'm wrong. I assume we're going to succeed. And I wake up yeah. every morning, like today is the fucking day, boys. Oh, and yeah. then if I go to sleep oh, yeah. without a sheep, then I was like, okay, tomorrow's the day, you know, like, and, but all kidding aside, two sheep can happen. Oh yeah. You know yeah. Oh, I, mean? yeah. I think three is probably pushing it, but I think like a big old Ram and like a good, healthy legal Ram, I think that's actually a, a plausible end to this whole thing. Definitely. Yeah. You know, we got a lot of time out there and, um, it should be a decent, uh, should be a decent area. I know, I know it won't be too heavily populated with other hunters, so should have a good chance at seeing, seeing some good numbers of sheep in there, you know? So We'll, we'll see how she goes, but yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty content with how we have it figured out with order. I'm, I'm not usually a big, uh, not usually super eager to be a shooter either. I just like being out there and hunting. So, um, for a long time when I was hunting with my old man, I wasn't really a shooter anyways. So I'm, I'm kind of used to <laughs> <laughs> kind of used to being the, uh, just the packer. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've waited this long to, put a ram in the dirt you know it's another year another two it's you know it's, it's not too bad i do a lot of sheep hunting in october too so it's right. not like it's not like i'm one and done after august so yeah yeah i'm, I'm pretty easy going that way i think spencer's the same so it should be pretty smooth sailing in that in that regards yeah no i think i think we got to got to got a good system how much salt are we each hauling up uh, like a Coke bottle, I think just one Coke bottle for the group of three. And then we'll leave more at the strip. Yeah. Like 500 milliliters of salt. Yeah. So say a pound of salt between three of us and maybe another few pounds down at the strip. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on how the heat is too. I mean, it's, I mean, as long as we turn that cake, I mean, if we get around, as long as we turn that cake pretty good and quick, it should be, should be good with that 500 milliliters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you do research on places to sheep hunt? And then he lists like e-scouting forums, etc. Um, I was, I was lucky enough that I kind of got brought into this from, uh, my dad and his dad. And, uh, I have a lot of, have a lot of locations kind of in the books already, but I mean, forums are decent. You gotta, you gotta watch out with with what cheap guys say on the forums though. So take that with a grain of salt, but you know, looking at anywhere in the Northern Rockies or, you know, even in the Eastern Rockies, you can just kind of, uh, look at some pretty sheepy country and, you know, you can watch some videos on YouTube and kind of see their habitat and just go on fat maps or Google maps and kind of just pick a spot and give her. I think too, I was having this conversation with somebody on the podcast a while ago, and there's a couple points I'm going to make. I think in that digital area era, we try and do this like superficial scan and try and like message people you don't really know on a forum or try and find someone's video or somebody's post where they said something or did something. And I still think the, the, the most beneficial way is to like build relationships with people and not based on the fact that you're trying to get information out of them, 
you know, like, I, like you guys went and did that goat scouting thing. And I was recommending on the pot, like if you're new to hunting, try and go do shit like that. Cause you're going to run into other hunters and they're going to see that you're not a fucking idiot and you're willing to hump some miles. And this is something that you care deeply about. And the more you hang around with people and the more you behave like that, the more open people are going to be with sharing some spots or asking if you want to come along. And the final part of that, I think is go out and prove yourself before you ask for help. Like I've seen it so many times where guys are on there and say, I'm going out for my first sheep hunt. Where should I go? And the old timers are like, go out, fail and call me next year. Prove to me that you're willing to go out there and get your ass kicked. And then I'll start pointing you in the right direction. So I think the other piece of advice I would give is like, don't feel entitled to get help from people. But if you prove to other people how far you're willing to go, it's surprising. Like it's shocking to me. Some of my videos where I've had my ass handed to me, I get like a dozen messages afterwards, like legit old timer dudes that are just like, hit me up next year, man. Like, well, I'll sort you out with some place to go because they saw how hard you were willing to go and how much it meant to you. And that, then people are super open. I think it's the, the air of entitlement, like give me your honey hole that sets people off on the wrong kind of mood and they just clam right up. Yeah. Just, uh, like that go town, go count too. Right. Um, the nanny slayer himself, Jeff Augustino, he's a wealth of information and, you know, you put in the time to go help him out with some counts and, you know, give back. You'll, you'll meet a lot of good guys there who are, they're not afraid to give you some, you know, some good info on some spots. They're not going to give you, you know, pins on a map, but they'll, they'll point you in the right direction. Yeah. And I think that's another wise thing. Don't ask for people hit me up and they're like, I hate this whole, like, listen, I'm not asking for spots, but like, I'm not asking for your honey hole, but like, where should I go? And I'm like, well, you are at, cause I mean, what the fuck, what do you want me to tell you? Like go over there. Like that is what you're asking for. So just because you preface it with, I'm not asking for a honey hole doesn't mean it, it's not like a breach of etiquette. Like, and it's funny cause so many guys now haven't grown up around hunting. Um, they don't even know what's rude. So they just come right out and be like, like, I get that because there, there's a lot of like newer hunters that listen to this podcast. Just be like, where should I go from mule deer? And I'm like, I'm not going to be annoyed because you don't actually know that what you did was, was rude. So you kind of get a pass like a child would get a pass. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Left of the highway, bud. That's where yeah. we're going sheep hunting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, and I, I think Tristan nailed it. Like the funny thing is with sheep, I almost think it's some of the easier terrain to scout for. Like with elk, I've done a lot of e-scouting for elk and there's like three or four things that you're consistently looking for. Like a source of water, some dark timber where they can bed, some type of meadow feeding area, some flat place where they can rut. And you're looking for like, these perfect little combinations of all of that within like little quarter mile sections. Sheep is just like, you're looking for some really steep shit and you're trying to get someplace where other people aren't <laughs> currently there. Like it's yeah. not rocket science. No, exactly. Exactly. So use the technology that you got. I like using Onyx maps, people like fat maps, people like Google earth. 
Um, yeah. Somebody asked if you two fully realized what you're getting into by taking me with you. <laughs> I guess we'll find out, eh? Yeah. Well, that that gets into another question. What if we don't get along out there? Uh, I don't know. Just tell me if you don't like me. We'll figure it out. We're pretty easy going, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And somebody asked that question, and I thought to myself, well, that's the wrong question. The, the right question is, what do you need to do beforehand? Like, none of us can read a crystal ball. But I think we've done a reasonable job at making sure, to the best of our ability, that we will get along. Yeah. I mean, it's just got to make sure we don't put ourselves in those situations to not get along. Right. Yeah. But, but I mean, we went out on a hike together. We've spent some time together. We've done a couple zooms. We went shooting that one. Like we've spent time together. Like if either, if I thought either of you were idiots or like rubbed me the wrong way, I think I would have figured it out by now. Yeah, I know for sure. Yeah. You know, it's, we'll just see how she goes. And, uh, like I said, man, it's, I don't really not like people unless, you know, you start doing some silly shit out there and I'm just like, what the fuck did I get myself into? But you know, I don't, I don't think that's going to be the case. No, no, I don't think so. And I, I got my own tent. If it, if it really sucks that bad, I'll just go hunt another. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We'll just reconvene on the awkward plane ride home. Yeah. Yeah. The very quiet. And then the very quiet 17 hour drive. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, this is a question for me. It says, will you come back to New Mexico? I saw your unit 34 hunt. I think it's actually unit 36, but that's fine. Uh, and my son has a hunt there. Um, here's the problem with going to New Mexico is it's a 36 hour drive. Uh, and when you're hunting an animal, like an elk, you're not going to fly home, meat and antlers of an elk. It's going to cost you a fortune. Um, and I did that drive solo and I don't want to do that drive again. <laughs> if I go to New Mexico, cause they've got really cool tags in Mexico. Like you can get over the counter odd dad tags. You can put in a draw for Ibex and Oryx and super weird shit. And those are all relatively small animals. Like you could fly down, rent a pickup truck, hunt for a week and bring everything back with you on the plane. So I love New Mexico. I want to go hunt New Mexico again. If it's going to be for elk, I'll have to go with somebody else so we can split the driving. And if not, I would go solo again, but I would go for a smaller animal so that I can bring it home on a plane. Okay, just checking the rest of these. What are our plans to deal with adverse weather? Well, hopefully we don't get that much, but um, batten down the hatches and ride it out. I don't know. It really depends <laughs> on how adverse it is. What are we talking here? Like tent crumbling winds or piss and rain? I mean, we all got good rain gear. I mean, sheep move in the rain, so... What would it take to pull the pin? I don't know. Three feet of snow, maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know if I'm capable. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I've been in the three. I've been in the three feet of snow situation before. 
it's yeah it's not that fun when you're up to the top of those mountains but i mean different scenario we weren't flying out when that happened so i don't i don't know man i don't we wouldn't even be able to get picked up if it's bad weather so i mean might as well just ride it out yeah it's not that easy to pull a pin when your only way out is a little bush plane landing in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I guess be prepared. I, one of my worst fears is not being able to hunt on a hunt. So like the thing that's messing with my head right now is like you mentioned it, you know, the flight's going to kind of be on standby. And so like me sitting at a strip, like waiting for three days to take off is like a fucking nightmare for me. Yeah. And getting in there and for instance, because I've seen all these doll sheep hunts like meat eater and the rest of them where they get like socked in for like nine days of a 10 day hunt. And then they really only get to glass for, for a day or two. So like, I don't give a fuck if it rains. I don't care if it's a blizzard. I don't care about any of that shit. The thing that's stressing me out is something going to happen. That's not going to let me that's the only thing i'm worried about right now well that's the big thing too right like you can fight off the rain you can fight off the snow you can glass through that stuff right but i mean if it gets you know socked in with smoke because of how bad the forest fire season is or you know we get dense fog in there for days on end you know those are the things that kind of make you not being able to hunt the way that we do and hunt sheep that way but um, I mean, those are the only things that could really make us pull the pin, but in that same scenario, I mean, if the fog, if the fog is dense or the smoke is too thick, like we're not getting flown out of there either. So it's, no. it's double-edged sword there. So, I mean, you know, we'll be there for 12 days and if we're in, if we're just hanging out and keeping busy for a couple of those days and not hunting, you know, that's, that's the way it is in the mountains, but, um, yeah, hopefully hope for the best and just play it out. I think that's the other reason why you, we've planned 12 hunting days for this hunt is that you're kind of putting in a couple for fudge factor for whatever reason you used to lose two or three days to random occurrences and you still have like a good amount of solid hunting days in there. Yeah, no, exactly. 12 is a lot. And you know, if you were to glass, like you're supposed to all day, every day for 12 days, I mean, your eyeballs, you're going to be wanting to rip your eyeballs out of your head anyways. So, um, there's definitely some room to as long as there's a break to shoot a sheep every four days in the 12 <laughs> days, I'm yeah. I'm in for that. If we go straight all 12 and nothing's dead, I will be pretty upset. I mean, if the sheep's hunting slow, I mean there's three point elk open too, so we can, true. We can change tactics a little bit, but I think oh. I have nine tags in my pocket. Oh for, <laughs> for legal shit. There's like deck decked right out. Oh yeah. I bought everything there is. Well, did I tell you guys what happened with the goat last time I went in there? No. Holy fuck. Dude. Oh, oh you didn't have a goat tag, right? The- Correct. So for those people listening, I, I was in, I would, well, you can go watch the video. It was an area similar to the area where we're going and where there's multiple animals. And I was going in for an elk hunt and I bought every tag there was except a sheep and a goat. So I bought like caribou, moose, elk, deer, bear, everything. And we're standing at the, we bought them at like the BC services. Cause I brought my old man in and we had to go there to get his like, a, 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 um, out of province hunter shit. Anyways, I'm buying all the tags and I turned to my old man and I said, I'm not going to buy a goat 
tag or a sheep tag. Cause I feel like you shouldn't shoot those animals by luck. You should be more intentional about that. And it's like wrong, wrong. If you have any luck and you have an opportunity, shoot the some bitch. So I buy all those tags. I don't buy that tag. It's got to be like that third or fourth night of the hunt. We're sitting in camp, eating mountain house. We're living in a wall tent and we hear all these rocks and we're like basically on this kind of like dry Island out in the river. And there's like a dry wash between us and like the hill that so on high water where we were would be on an Island, but because it's low water, you can walk straight across. And we hear these rocks tumbling in this dry wash. And I'm like, it's fucking, it's elk for sure. It's elk. So I grab my gun. My old man grabs his gun and we walk over and we come out into the clearing and I am less than 50 yards away from 15 goats. And the dude in front looks like a fucking yoked Yeti. Like I've never, he was like, he was so beefy, like literally just jacked and huge. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, and I'm like, I can't, I can't shoot him. And they literally just like walk by, stop in front of us, kind of catch a scent and then like go, go jogging off. And yeah, same hunt. I saw wolves on the first night and the second night. And I was unaware at that point, And it's embarrassing to admit now that you did not need a tag as a resident BC hunter to shoot a wolf. Whack them and stack them. Bro. And this is, these are really good lessons because for the rest of my hunting career, anytime I go anywhere, I look at all the regs to figure out everything that I'm legally allowed to shoot so that there's no doubt. If I see something, I know whether or not I can shoot it. Like, is there an upland bird or grouse open, like all the stuff so that I know what I'm allowed to do. But I, so I came home empty handed on that hunt and I could have shot three wolves and a goat. Could have had a whole pack mountain side of your living room. Wow. Your wife would have loved it. In my daydreams (laughs) that I have about this sheep hunt, I kill two wolves and a sheep and I get them mounted. So like the wolves are leaping (laughs) off the sheep. (laughs) Oh, that's fucking hilarious. Um, yeah, I don't think goats open when where we are the unit. Yeah, it might I don't not think be. so. It is, but at a late like we'll be gone by the time it is open. By the time it opens, yeah, yeah. I All think. Right. Well, I will. I will definitely be aware of of what is open. I know elk open kind of halfway through our trip. Yeah, yeah. That that I know. I looked at that. I just can't. I, I don't think goat is because I've been in that area before, like been in that unit before, and I don't think goat is, but. We'll have to double check for sure. Yeah. Cool. Now take too long. Backup can't plan if we can't fly in. What, what do you mean? Like plan know. B hunt? Yeah. Uh, left to the highway? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, no one's ever going to say, I can't fly you for the next 10 days. So it's almost one of those things that's just going to kill your hunt because it's going to keep being like, let's say this is the worst case scenario. And there was just like, what was that two years ago when all those guys couldn't go in? Yeah. 
yeah, it was uh, 20, 2019, I believe, is snowstorm. And then there's the same thing happened on 2018, but not as bad. Yeah. yeah and I, I know a bunch of people who got turned around. And I know some other people who waited it out and went in. And it was just, it was a shit show even when they went in. So I feel like if it was so bad, we couldn't fly in for whatever reason. I mean, maybe we just get fucking shut down. I don't know. I don't really have, because you you wouldn't want to leave and then go start to hike in and then get the call. Yeah, we're good to go. And you're a day and a half away from the strip. Yeah. I mean, at that point you would just have to just pull the pin on plan A and just make the best, make the best of what you got somewhere else. And if it sucks, it sucks. But I mean, you're still out having a good time, I guess, but yeah, it definitely would be a buzzkill. Um, but yeah, I remember that, uh, 2019 we were driving in just, uh, just north of Fort St. John or a little ways north of Fort St. John um, on this trail going quite a bit. It's ATV only. And we got the truck and trailer in there unloading the Argos and park the truck. We're putting in, we're in there for four or five days already. And then wake up one morning and just boom, it's just dumping snow. We, we bailed, we got out hardly got the Argos were getting stuck. They were, they were getting bogged down in the snow and all the swamp got back to the truck. Um, I think it took us a whole 18 hours to get back from where we left Argos and we were still up in the mountains too. And then we came back and, um, next day it was like 28, 30 degrees. Everything just melted instantly. It was truck was in four low, just banging it off the rev limiter to pull the truck and all the Argos out of there. It was ridiculous. Little creeks turned into giant rivers and it was gnarly. Uh. In retrospect, do you wish you'd have just stayed in there, seeing as it all melted anyways? Um, uh, it, all the animals were doing weird stuff, man. We didn't see very much. The storm just threw everything for It was later in the... It was later. I We went in there middle of August, I think. And that's when the snowstorm hit, too. We, we were only in there for two or three days, I think. But, yeah, it was. we weren't seeing much anyways, so... Um, and we decided to just, we actually just went back to the truck to go, um, recent. We weren't, we weren't prepared for the snow. Like we right. were, we were bivying and had a tarp. That's, that's all we had for. I feel like with what we're doing, if it blizzarded on us, we'd be fine. Oh yeah. I'll be, I'll be nice and cozy. And I'm, hilly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I set up the NIAC for the first time at the park across the road last night. It's a fucking palace, man. Oh Yeah. I'm excited. My wife was there. We took my daughter to the park. She was like, that's way bigger than I thought it was going to be. And I was like, it's bigger than I thought it was going to be too. <laughs> it's a two man tent, right? Technically. Well, I mean, you're like two dudes. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't think two people would really want to sleep in that thing. Um, but it's, yeah, it is marketed as a two man hunt or a two man tent. I think it's only like maybe 48 inches wide though oh that's narrow that's what i mean like your sleeping pad a good sleeping pad's 24 25 inches wide um yeah anyways i was super happy it was super easy to set up super stable um yeah really nice um any new gear that you're taking on this trip that you haven't tried out before um, I just, well, I had a Swaro 80 mil, uh, STS and I sold that and bought a 
ATX 95, but I mean, it won't be that much of a difference in quality wise, I guess. I'm still running a swirl before, but um, got new boots last December, November or something. So it'll be the first big trip with those. Um, other than that, oh, my power got a Kafara this year. I was running a, we're using a um, Mr. Rance Mar Marshall before, but I mean, <laughs> I've been using the pack a lot, so it's not, it's boots not anything. Too. Yeah. Boots too. They're, I think they're almost, the tongues are just worn out from how tight I tied the laces on those things. So <laughs> see how long those last. <laughs> um, funny, yeah. I got a ultralight Dyneema tarp. Did it show up? Yeah. I just got it nice. like on last Friday. It's freaking Sick. sweet. Like three yeah. ounces. Yeah. It's awesome. I need yeah. the best. That's, that's all I got. What about you, Spence? You got the pack? Anything else? <clears throat> well, yeah, honestly, I think most of the stuff was kind of like the buy once, cry once. I finally got past the point of buying not cheap stuff, but, you know, I was kind of in like that cheaper to higher range. And then now I'm just kind of like, you know what? I'm just going to buy stuff I'm going to use for the rest of my life, basically, right? And so, I mean, like pack, boots, like pretty much like everything I've upgraded, just on a, a hunt like that you don't really want to mess around right and and that's kind of what tristan said to me too right he's like you know what it's like you buy it now and you'll have it for a long time so that's kind of most of the stuff i have now is is is, is new stuff i haven't really tried before so but um but yeah <laughs> i got a couple things i bought a new uh bladder bag um like a not a not a storage one like the do you, do you guys run like camelbacks, like platypus things? I don't know, Spencer. I think Spencer does. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I got a camelback. Yeah. I have to, man. Uh, like, I don't drink for shit if I don't. Because I think I would have to, if I put one of those Nalgene water bottle holders, then I might do it. But I never stop and take off my pack. So if I'm hiking, I just never drink. And the only way... That I that I've found to fix that is the is the camel pack in the in the backpack. I drink way more water that way. You put it in your pack, or like, how do you put your a camel back in your bag? Is there a spot for yours in there? Yeah, there sh there should be on yours too in the muskeg. There should be a little sleeve right yeah. running right up the back, and you just sink it in there, and then the hose comes out the top. I bought a new one of those just yesterday. Actually, I think it's called a Hydro Force. It's kind of like a camelback, but on steroids. So it's like a dark, kind of like a dark copper looking material. And then the hose is actually an insulated material instead of just that clear plastic. So you don't get that two mouthfuls of like piss warm water every, like the first two pulls before you get to the cold water. You got to blow into it first. Oh, to put it back in the bag. Look at that shit. Never thought of that tips and tricks yeah <laughs> so this will be my first trip with that i water tested it today and it seems fine um that anchor solar charger this is my first trip with that um i tested it today and it charged my phone 14 percent in 30 minutes which is pretty aggressive yeah. Like, and it's an iPhone 12 Pro Max. So it's got like a giant fucking battery. So I was yeah. thinking that's like two minutes per 1%. Yeah. 
and that's like that that's pretty good man that's a lot better than any other solar chargers i've ever tried before. yeah and it's not draining from your banks either right it's just no. straight, from, straight from the sun into your phone yeah yeah and i guess the idea would be just leave a bank always hooked up to the solar charger and then charge your devices off the banks at night those uh those panels don't charge the banks very well though i guess the the draw is too much or like the the watts Hmm. needed to charge those banks efficiently the 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 solar chargers Ah, don't don't do that very well i i've noticed they 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 take forever to charge too and i actually had to buy i got it right here you gotta have like those 240 like the bigger power bricks that you'd get with like a iPad pro or something like that. Yeah. One of those bad boys. Yeah. And I think you specifically need the PD stands for power delivery. And I think that means that it can go like up to five amps or whatever it is. Yeah. It goes up to three amps on the little port. That's a good, that's a very good point that you raised because I would have screwed myself because I would have drained my battery pack, filling my devices and then not been able to recharge the battery pack. Yeah. So I would use I a sh- solar charger to charge your devices and then use the bank as just like, if the it's, backup. if it's not efficient to use the solar panel, right? Yeah. Yeah, and the other nice thing is too, I can plug in and charge all, all of my camera batteries independently. Like I have little chargers, so I should also be able to plug those all directly into the into the charger. That kind of stressed me out too with the shitty weather that might be on the way, because I was like, if it's raining all day, are we even going to be able to use a solar charger? No, it, with the cloud, like it has to be like for the most optimum performance, it's got to be like not a cloud in the sky and just directly on that black uh, charging surface. That's what today was like when I tested it. Like it was like 28 degrees, blue skies. Like it was cooking. Like I was worried about leaving my phone outside for half an hour. Yeah, but uh, when it's cloudy, I I think it still works, but I mean, you're definitely not going to get that same performance as when it was just bluebird skies and nice and crisp, so... I'm trying to think. I know I got some other new stuff. Um, oh, the Dewpoint Rain Gear. I've never tried that out before. Looks like I'm definitely going to get an opportunity. Let's. Uh, I heard those were not for VC. Let's see how fast it takes you to shred those bad boys up. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll find out. Sitka sent them, so if they suck, they can send me some more. <laughs> um, I've heard it's surprising how durable they actually are. Um, I'm going to be, I'm interested to find out. That's the whole thing. Cause they're crazy light, man. They're crazy I think, light. I think your jacket and pants weigh as much as my rain pants. Yeah. Well, I've got the storm front system as well. And the jacket and pants weigh just as much as the jacket of the storm front system. Yeah. My Yukon, Yukon rain pants are like 24 ounces or some yeah. shit like that. I think crazy. those are equivalent to the, to the storm front. But yeah, there's no shred in those bad boys. Unless no. you're jabbing your crampons into them, but yeah, yeah. Okay, we got we got one more. It's getting late. We'll call it quits. Um, what do we do if we run into other hunters? Well, I mean, 
we're definitely going to have the biggest guy on the mountain with us. So <laughs> <laughs> I'll try and appear to be really aggressive. Yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. I'll figure that out once it comes to it, but hopefully that's I mean, not mo- the case. most guys hunts in group of two. So it might be a little slow spot and cheap. So you know. yeah, it'll be a race. I also think there's a, there's a point of etiquette. Like, Oh yeah. Oh, if yeah, you look sure. up the mountain and there's already somebody up there, it's like you got there first, it's yours. Mm-hmm. And if I'm on the mountain first and you try and come up after me, then there's going to, that's an issue. Like, yeah. And for the most part, most guys who do these trips, you know, they're, they're not some just Joe Blow going right. out there and going to be running into you and your plans, right? Like, if they see somebody, they're either going to go to a different valley or, you know, they're going to come over and kind of, shoot the shit with you and figure out what you're doing and, you know, try and stay away. Right. Like no one wants to be butting into each other all the whole week. So, um, it's big country out there. So I think that's the thing too. It's not like there's nowhere else to go. Yeah. Like we might burn a day, you know, trying to get from one Ridge to another Ridge or something like that, but there are other areas to go if we have to. Yeah. And, if we're going to run into guys, it's going to be people who are there from the opener too. Right. So we're staying there longer than there and they're going to be on their tail end and, you know, they're already going to be beaten and bruised. They're not going to be super eager to try and, you know, um, mess with us in any way or try and get in our way. They'll kind of mind their own. Yeah. Yeah. All right, boys. It's well past my bedtime. Uh, (laughs) so, so two more days. So we're all going to meet up out at Tristan's place around four, four thirty on Friday. Yeah. I got, uh, I got uh, persuaded into a meeting at three thirty. So I'll try and make it a quick one, but I probably won't be leaving the office until earliest four. I, I'm okay. picking Spencer up on the way back. So probably back at my place at like five fifteen, five thirty. but I'll have everything packed. Spencer will be all packed and we'll just, how long does it take you to drive from the office to your house? Um, that's a great question. Usually 45 <laughs> minutes, but I mean, the one bridge that goes across the Fraser river to my house right now, apparently is cut in half because it's deteriorating. So, right. I, I mean, it took me two hours to get home the other night. All right. Well, I definitely won't plan to be out at your place before five then. Yeah. I'll, I'll figure out how to get home, but, It'll be, I was just going to say, text me when you're leaving work and then I'll just leave at the same time. Cause it's probably going to take me an hour and 15 minutes or something like that to get out yeah. to your place. Either way, whenever, we, whenever we all meet up, it'll be, it'll be quick. Everything will be packed, ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. All right, lads, rest up, eat. eat up. I'll see you in two days and we'll go kill some shit. Cheers boys. Sounds good. All right. Have a good night, lads. See ya.